Hello and welcome to Z Humura Show, hosted by me, Humura Ruth. I hope you're doing great. I hope you're doing lovely. And if it's not going well for you, take it to the Lord in prayer is what I always say. And it works. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. I am so excited to do this one more time because I love, love, love Africa. And I love taking you to the different places and the different parts in africa and i hope you enjoy it too if you've been here from day one thank you so much i appreciate you and if you're a new listener welcome to the family please don't forget to subscribe and uh, leave a review on the podcast because it greatly greatly helps now welcome to today's podcast episode i am excited about this one as i am with all the podcast episodes but this is a place i am pretty sure a lot of people have heard of and heard about in Africa. It is a country in the northern part of Africa. I am talking about none other than Morocco. Now, a few days back, a few weeks back, I did an episode on visiting Egypt for the first time. If you haven't listened to it, please do. It is really exciting because Egypt is also in the northern part of Africa, although I would say it's in the northeastern part of Africa. So Morocco would be in the northwestern part of Africa, but you know, up up there in the northern part. So I'm really excited to go there and to take you with me. And uh, I hope you love this as much as I do. Now, before we dive in to the episode before we get back into the show if you love my take on uganda and you love formula one why not check out my formula one podcast called zf1 amateur zf1 amateur is a post formula one race commentary podcast hosted by me humura ruth that's available on your favorite podcasting player or platform so just go to your favorite podcast player or just search on your favorite search engine zf1 amateur podcast and you'll be sure to get formula one closer to you and if you like formula e as i do you should also check out my Formula E podcast called Z Formula E podcast. That's all about Formula E racing as well as sustainable mobility. Thank you so much. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back from that short break. I have to admit though, I am in a little bit of a noisy place, but I'm I hope I can be heard well enough. Well, welcome to today's episode. Let's dive into it and go to Morocco. Now, Morocco is officially known as the Kingdom of Morocco, and it is found in the northwestern part of Africa. It is bordered by the Mediterranean Sea to the north, the Atlantic Ocean to the west, Algeria to the east, and the disputed territory of Western Sahara in the south now we know the sahara desert is a really big desert isn't it the biggest desert in the world it covers it goes through 11 countries and it spans about 3 million kilometers i believe so it's a really really big desert and um and so it also borders morocco now morocco is a mountainous country and it lies directly across the strait of gibraltar from spain in fact, it's only 13 kilometers or about 8 miles from the Spanish coast. So Morocco and Spain are really close to each other. Most of Morocco lies at high elevations with an average of about 2,600 feet above sea level. That's about 800 meters above sea level. So there are 
many mountains in Morocco. But the majority of those, I think, are termed as the Atlas Mountains. And those are found in the Maghreb region. So they separate the Mediterranean and the Atlantic coastlines from the Sahara Desert. They also stretch for about 2,500 kilometers. That's about 1,600 miles. So that's a lot of land that they take up through Morocco. They go through Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia. And the many, the majority of people who live in those mountains or around those mountains are the Bebers, who we'll talk about later. There are several mountain peaks on the Atlas Mountains. There's Tubkal, or some would pronounce it as Taubkal. There's Migon. There's Owenkem. There's, I don't know how to pronounce all of them because of the Arabic names and i don't speak arabic i know it's one of the most popular languages spoken in africa but i actually do not speak it i used to know a little bit of it but then somehow along the way i forgot about it and that was because i used to have a friend who was from sudan and they speak arabic there anyway there are also other mountains in morocco there is jebel tind Rehain. i don't know if i say that well which i believe is the highest or tallest mountain in northern africa there's jebel bal nassau then there's jebel musa so those are the some of the mountains in Morocco. Now, Morocco is the only monarchy in Northern Africa. In fact, it is led by King Mohammed VI, who was the prime minister. And then the prime minister of Morocco is Aziz Akan Naush. Aziz Akan Naush. That's one name. I just pronounced it as two. I don't know why. It is also the only African country that is exposed to both the Atlantic Ocean and the Mediterranean Sea. So that is pretty interesting right there. So you can get both the Mediterranean and the Atlantic Ocean, the Mediterranean Sea and the Atlantic Ocean, when you're in Morocco. In terms of size, it's slightly bigger than the state of California. It has a total land area of 446,550 kilometers squared. If you prefer miles, it's 172,410 miles squared. Morocco has a population of about 37 million people. And the most of those people are Muslim. 99% of the Moroccans are Muslim, with 1% being Christians, Jews, and Bahias. Now, the language is spoken there, if you ever go to Morocco, Arabic. If you know Arabic, you're well off. So Arabic is the first one there. There's also Berber which is i think a local language there as well french is also spoken there there are some dialects of arabic which some people would term as moroccan arabic there that is spoken there there's also hassania arabic there's also spanish spoken there um then there's tamazite and english at least about 20 percent of the population in morocco speaks english so you find people who speak english now i forgot to tell you this morocco also lays claim to spanish exclaves of uh sueta i don't know if i pronounced it well but it's spelled as c-e-u-t-a melila pedon de vals de la gomera and some other small islands that i won't try to pronounce when it comes to cities, the capital city of Morocco is Rabat, but the largest city is Casablanca, and that is on the Atlantic Ocean. Other cities like Tangier, that's a port city. There's Agadir, which is a port city as well on the Atlantic Ocean. There's al Siema, which is a port city of the Mediterranean Sea. There's Fez, which everyone knows, I think. There's Meknes, <laughs> Meknes. There's Marrakesh, which I'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard about. There's Esaria, there's Tetuan, there's Kenitra, and then there's Ojada. 
those are the cities that I'm just going to give you. I don't know how to pronounce them really well. I'm so sorry about my pronunciations. When it comes to the flag, I think you can recognize the Moroccan flag. It's a red background with a green star in the center. So what is that about that? And then when you go to Morocco, if you can, change your money to the Moroccan dirham because that's the official currency, yeah, the Moroccan dirham. The calling code is plus two, one, two. Alright, I think some of, those are some of the things you need to know before you go to Morocco. And oh, about 10 million people visit Morocco per year. So there's a lot of people that are visiting Morocco every year. And you could be among those 10 million people. And interestingly, about 20% of the Moroccan population is employed in tourism. So it's a good thing, it's a good thing to visit the country and to support the Moroccans. Anyway, now that you know a little bit about Morocco, let me give you some quick facts about Morocco. You just have to love Morocco. I think, well, <laughs> this is, I don't know if it's strange, but the first time I really got to pay attention to Morocco is when I had, I don't even know where I had this from, but I had, <laughs> this is really weird, but I had that Tom Cruise bought a rug or a carpet from a Moroccan store. So I was like, oh my God, let me see Morocco. And it's very, very, very beautiful, beautiful country. You should visit it. It's a very beautiful country. Now, here are some interesting facts about Morocco. First of all, did you know that Morocco has a blue city? Yes, you had that right. Morocco has a blue city, which is nicknamed the Blue Pearl. So you, the locals call it Shawan. But you can call it Chef Shawen. <laughs> Those are my pronunciations that are really weird. But it's spelled as C-H-E-F-C-H-A-O-U-E-N. So it's a city in the northwestern part of Morocco. And why it's called it's why it's a blue city is because it's blue. The buildings are painted in either aqua blue, sky blue, royal blue, or another baby blue altogether, and a little bit of soft whites there. So the buildings are just it's interesting because i have never been in a city with one color literally but morocco has that blue city and it's very fun i think to be there because you never get to see these things anywhere else do you now and it's very beautiful because you'll find a house maybe with like lime blue at the top and then as it goes down it's like me say a strong sky blue or another house that's just entirely baby blue. It's really, really real. You should Google that and see some photos there for yourself. It's a blue city. Now, it's about two hours from Tangier, which is a city we talked about earlier. And three hours from Fez, which is another city we talked about earlier. This blue city was founded in 1471 as part of... It was a, a point of defense against the invading Portuguese back then. And one of the stories or one of the reasons people say it was plain painted blue is because apparently immigrant, some immigrant Jews brought the tradition of painting buildings blue because it reminded them of the sky and of God's presence. Other people say it's painted blue because it was meant to repel mosquitoes and repel malaria. Whatever the case is, it is a beautiful city. So when you go there, visit the small streets because it has really small streets and small alleys compared to other cities and it's much more quieter compared to other cities take photos it's really interesting to be in a blue city i'm still blown away visit the local markets on monday thursday and saturday you can also try local foods there you can uh, there's a small waterfall there and there's a cafe next to a small waterfall you, to, to the small waterfall you can visit it and have a meal in there you can visit the cassaba museum you can also go hike the mountains so 
if that hasn't made you fall in love with Morocco already, I don't know what will. Anyway, maybe this next one will make you fall in love with Morocco. Now, did you know that Morocco also has a red city? <laughs> I This is exciting. I just love Morocco. I'm just smiling all through the podcast episode i just think it's a thing with that it's a thing about africa i just smile through a lot of podcast episodes about africa but morocco has a red city as well now this one is known as marrakesh it's the red city of morocco and that's because the city walls look a little bit reddish and they're reddish because of the clay and the red sandstone that was used to construct the buildings back in the day in morocco by back in the day i mean way back in the day now some people may say it looks red other people may say it looks pinkish whatever the case it's a red city or a pink city depending on who says it is um now morocco was also the first country to recognize the united states as a country way back in the day when the united states received its independence morocco was the first country to open its ports to the u.s and begin trading with them interesting isn't it now morocco also has five wine regions but it's pretty hard to find alcohol on the streets of Morocco. As you know, Morocco has a lot of Muslims. The most dominant faith in Morocco is Islam. And they don't drink in Islam, I believe. I stand to be corrected in that. So it's very hard to find alcohol in the streets of Morocco. In fact, I believe in some places it's against the law to drink on a public street. So if you visit and you're a tourist and you like to have some alcohol or some wine you should go to some hotels some hotels are licensed to give you that and some restaurants are usually catered to the tourists will give you that however morocco is among the countries of northern africa that is considered to have the best natural potential for producing quality wines because of its high mountains and the cooling influence of the atlantic ocean so it has a number of wine regions in fact per year morocco produces about 40 million bottles of uh, wine Yes, so that's interesting. So the wine regions are, there's El Jadida, then there's Rabat or the Casablanca region, then there's the Northern Plain, then there's the Fez region, and then in the East. Then another thing about Morocco is that mint tea is the national drink of Morocco. I don't think you can visit Morocco and not get out (laughs) without taking um, some tea. It is a thing. Even when you see Moroccan shapes on TV, they make that tea. Their tea is everywhere. It's a staple for them. And it's usually green tea that has been prepared with fresh mint and sugar. Now, did you also know that Morocco is nicknamed Africa's Little Hollywood? I didn't until recently. It is because Morocco is one of the most popular places to film major motion pictures. I think over 20 films have had since shot in Morocco. Some of them include The Gladiator, The Mummy, Inception, Black Hawk Down, The Born Ultimatum, American Sniper, Captain Phillips, Spectra, yes, 007. There's been a number of films that have been made in Morocco. Not entirely the entire film. There are also those, but a lot of scenes have been filmed in Morocco. And we'll talk about a place where you can go where they were filmed. Moro, did you also know that Morocco is home to the largest hot desert in the world? It's one of the 11 homes to the Sahara Desert. Like I said earlier, the Sahara spans more than 3.3 square miles and it goes through 11 countries. And one of those countries is Morocco. Now, I know you've heard this one before, but <laughs> did you actually know for sure that Morocco really has snake charmers? 
Egypt has snake charmers, India has snake charmers, there are different parts of the world with snake charmers, and you'll also find them in Morocco. So if you're ever in Morocco, visit the main square in Marrakesh, or go if you're in Tangier, you'll probably find snake charmers there. A last fact for today about Morocco is that Morocco has ski resorts. Morocco has two places you can go skiing. It blew my mind away that one because I don't know why I thought because I thought it borders the Sahara Desert. I was like, there's no way you can ski there. But anyway, it's uh like I say earlier before in the podcast, it's in higher elevations compared to other countries. So it's only natural that you can find ski resorts there. So there's one called Okai Meden. Okai Meden and it offers you about ten kilometers of skiing slopes. So when you're in there, after visiting the desert, go skiing. That's pretty, pretty fun. All right, so enough about the facts. There's so much more about Morocco, but I can't share it because of time. Let's go into some of the things that you can do when you're in Morocco. First things first, visit the blue city, the Chef Shaun city. You have to visit it if you ever if you ever go to Morocco. It is beautiful. It is small. It's quieter. It's interesting. It has a small waterfall. It is in different shades of blue. You definitely have to visit that one if you're ever there. If you're in Marrakesh, you should visit a Riyadh in Marrakesh. Now, Riyadh's are traditional Moroccan Medina mansions. They usually have a courtyard garden in the middle of them. I'm pretty sure you've seen this on television. So it's a mansion with a courtyard garden in the middle. And usually there's like patterned floors uh, in that courtyard and there's a few plants on the side and the edges of the courtyard and people can have meals in there so you should do that it's pretty interesting it's a unique experience if you want to take it a step further go glumping in the desert at egg shabby now that is an <laughs> that is a, an amazing thing to do believe me so egg shabby is about two a two-day drive from marrakesh depending on how fast or how slow you drive or you're being driven but yeah, that's the t- amount of time it could take you to get there. So it's a bit far, but it's definitely worth it. Now, if you're wondering what egg shebi is, let's start with egg. An egg is a sea of sand dunes. And according to the dictionary, an egg, which is could be referred to as sand sea, is a broad, flat area of desert covered with windswept sand with little or no vegetative cover. So it's just lots of sand dunes that are together. And egg shebi is one of Morocco's several eggs. So that's spelled as E-R-G. <laughs> so yes, you can Google that. But don't just Google egg because it will bring you something about employees, something, something. So just Google eggs in deserts, in the Sahara Desert, and you'll get to know more about that. Now, egg shebi is in Saran, Sahar, Saharan Morocco. And it is often used for films. So if you've... If you love your movies and you know you want to be where a movie was filmed before, you can visit Eric Shebi. I'm pretty sure you love it. So you can get there by either you know traveling with guided tours, hiring a car, or using the bus services. Interesting thing though is that usually for the last one to two hours of your journey, when you're getting to Eric Shebi, you're probably going to be trekking on a camel. So get ready for that. It's an interesting experience. Can be scary. Can be exhausting. But it's worth it. And once you reach there, you sit on the sand dunes. You'll watch the sunset, which is gorgeous, by the way. You can have dinner under the stars. And nothing compares to dinner under the stars in a desert. Oh, my goodness. The world is a beautiful place. You can also have entertainment after dinner with the Berbers singing and drumming. But that will depend on the camp you've visited. 
You can also hike the sand dunes. You can go sand sledging. You can go out on a quad bike. You can do a camel trek. You just have the whole experience in a desert while not being afraid of, you know, where because when when it comes to camping you're always looking for where where's the toilet where's the bathroom where is this and that here you're glumping so everything is sorted out for you and you're just having the whole experience of living in a desert which is absolutely amazing if you want to take it another step further and you like a challenge go hike some mountains in morocco in fact why not try hiking the jebel taub Kal, which is the highest mountain in north africa its summit is a 4167 meters go crazy on that one i wouldn't join you in that one because i wouldn't make it anyway you need to be really in a certain kind of physical state to get there not so mental state as well another thing you can do in morocco and never regret is shopping in whatever city you are in if you're in marrakesh the marrakesh night market at Jema el fena square as the place to be there's you know i would describe it as this it's yellow lights that are illuminating and hitting the brown ground there's colorful spices around you rags ceramics antiques around you in the market and then there's local musicians singing in their native languages and then there's snake charmers so it's that kind of feel so you can go shopping you can buy antiques beautiful carpets tom cruise bought a carpet there remember uh jewelry food colorful spices that you may not even know when to use in your food but they look really cool and ceramic handcraft handicrafts there's a lot of things you can buy in morocco especially when it comes to rugs and uh, spices that is the best thing you can do and also ceramics because they're really colorful and really beautiful you can visit different places there you can visit Tizinit Medina you can visit Marsha de Gules you can there's a small cooperative there that's comprised of 40 women called Cooperative Feminine de Tizage you can visit Fez El Bali you can visit Ensemble Artisano which you find artisan work there you can do a lot of shopping in Morocco so go with enough dirhams Moroccan dirhams there to have a good time then you can also experience a hammam when you're in morocco so think of a hammam like a traditional spa it's only done different so usually it's this huge bath inside a room that has a doomed shaped kind of ceiling and so you come in you soak yourself you steam and then the attendants come and scrub you down with a local kind of clay i think it's a local rasul clay so it gets really personal but it's worth it in fact some hammams offer massage and beauty treatments so pamper yourself you are visiting morocco anyway you can also visit morocco's main beach resort which is agadir which we talked about earlier before relax by the beach nothing beats a day at the beach i believe so have a good time there you can go on a camel trek to the dunes of erg shigaga now remember i talked about egg shebi and now you're looking at egg shigaga egg shigaga is less crowded and uh, when you get there you also get to visit the oasis town of mohammed not mohammed but it's m apostrophe h a m m i d so me i'm saying it as mohammed and yeah you can visit that so it's basically 40 kilometers of sand dunes so you can go crazy there, depending on which there's a camp you're at. You can also visit Maule Idris, which is a beautiful village that's colorful with a lot of alleyways. If you love visiting small villages or just villages that are pretty and are historic, I think this one is great for you. The Blue City is a great place you can visit as well. Maule Idris is also another great place you can visit. 
You can also take it a step further and go windsurfing at Sidi Kauki on the Atlantic coast in Estaria. I believe I mentioned that as a city before. So it's a pretty windy city, so it's perfect for windsurfing, night surfing, surfing on water waves and just doing it in the wind. <laughs> so if you love that kind of thing, you can do that. You can even surf in the waters because I think the waters there have big waves there. So it's perfect for surfing if you know how to surf. Lastly, on our list today is that you can go skiing in Morocco. So like I said before, the country has two ski areas in the Atlas Mountains. There's Okai Meden and then there's Michelin. So you can go skiing there. And the last time I heard is there was there was a big, I think a big low, not low farm, developer farm from dubai or i don't know one of those farms that develops a world-class ski resorts they were developing a ski resort there so i don't know if it's done if it is done you can go and just enjoy skiing like a professional skier would enjoy i don't know you just enjoy skiing if you love skiing yeah so those are some of the places and things that you can do in morocco now let's get take a short break and take a look at the moroccan cuisine that you'll probably find there now i like to tell people what to expect in terms of food when you visit a country because i think um first of all food is important because you're not going to go there and you know not eat at all after all you're moving around your side saying you need your food so to know what is there is a very good thing to know what to expect so first things first mint tea like i told you before it's a staple there so green tea usually with mint fresh mint and sugar you'll find that there and i think everybody can take mint tea I'm just assuming, I don't know. And then there's couscous. I think a lot of us have heard of couscous before. And uh, so it's just tiny boil, tiny bowls, sorry, not boils, tiny bowls of semolina that have been cooked traditionally in a steamer over a large metal pot that has stew. And it's often served with raisins, a bowl of sweet buttermilk that has been infused with orange flour. So they also serve it with meat and vegetables. So you have to try Moroccan couscous. It's a big thing there. Then another thing you definitely have to try is Bastilla. Now I think I saw Mary Berry. I think she's the... That's her name. She's an English chef, I believe. She's very old and she seems really sweet. I used to watch her cook. So I've seen, I think I've seen Mary Berry do a Bastilla dish before. I think I saw her make Bastilla. So it's basically a pie that's made with thin layers of dough, which makes it better because the dough layers are very thin. You don't want something very thick in your mouth. Anyway, and inside of it is a mixture of meat, parsley, onions, spices, eggs, and I don't know, other things that are in there. Sometimes it can even be made with pigeon meat. I don't know how true that is. But... And the top of the pie usually has a sprinkling of either icing, sugar, cinnamon, or onions. And sometimes there's some people who make the top of the pie look really, really special. It's as though it had been woven, you know, before it was baked. So it comes out looking really special. If you want to feel really rich, some people offer that, that kind of Bastille with edible golden top. So depending on where you get it from, you'll get that feeling. I don't know. Edible gold is edible gold. I don't I really, I, I don't know. I don't know about edible gold. <laughs> I don't know why we eat it. But yes, you can get it with that. Depending on where you get it from. So if you're getting it, I don't know if everybody offers it there. But anyway, I don't know. You can also try tagine. Now, tagine is a warm stew of tender meat, vegetables, and a blend of spices. So you definitely love this one. It warms you up and spices you up. And then there's zalouk 
which is a dish made from eggplants, tomatoes, garlic, olive oil, coriander, cumin, and paprika. So this one you definitely find. Now, coriander, I realize some people call it, for us here in Uganda, because I'm from Uganda, I'm recording this in Uganda right now at the moment, I am home. Uh, coriander, some people call it dania, some people call it cilantro, so... That is what it is. You can also try harira. You can also try fish, shamaula, <laughs> shamaula, which is basically fish that's been marinated in a combination of spices and herbs. And those spices and herbs are later used as a dipping sauce for your fish. So it's really nice. You just expect some good spices when you're in Morocco. After all, you see the streets that are lined with, you know, colorful spices and everything. Then there's bryotes which is deep-fried sweet puff pastry triangles that have an almond paste inside. So this one you can have as a dessert because of its sweetness. Then there's snail soup. If you're brave enough and you love maybe a scargo and you love your snails, then this one is for you. Apparently, you're supposed to use a toothpick to pluck the snails from the shell. So you put that in your mouth. I personally don't eat snails, <laughs> but yes, it's a good one there. Then there's dates. Do you know that Morocco has a hundred varieties of dates? So you can try a wide number of dates. You can go on a date trip. I don't know how you'd organize that, but I'm pretty sure you could try. I don't, know, I don't know, but you can try and organize that and just go tasting dates all over Morocco. Then there's lamb or beef with prunes. There's kefta, meatball, tagine. There's stuffed mesemen. So there's... A lot of food that you can try in Morocco. And one thing's for sure is I think everybody can handle Moroccan food. So <laughs> except, except when it gets too spicy. But yeah, that is pretty, pretty much about Morocco today for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you had a great time with me. And I hope this makes you want to visit Morocco or just look at some photos of Morocco. And um, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Now, if you'd like to get in touch, my telephone number is plus two five six seven seven eight nine six five hundred three or you can find me on instagram my instagram page for this podcast is at zihumura show just like the name of the podcast that's z double e h u m u r a s h o w if you prefer twitter my handle is at humura ruth and if you prefer email my email address is mbabazi ruth 77 at gmail.com that's spelled as m-b-a-b-a-z-i-r-u-t-h 77 at gmail.com thank you so much for joining me and until next time have a lovely new year may the lord bless you and keep you and may he make his face shine upon you Bye bye